This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Max Scherzer is finished. He's done. That's it. It pains me to say it, but that's it. Look no further, and there are plenty of angles to digest this game from, but look no further than that. It's a wrap. It's done. Whatever words you want to use to describe it, this was it. I don't want to hear it anymore. No more. Well, looks like he's turning the corner. Well, he might have it. Well, this. Well, that. The number one reason, and now there are plenty of reasons, But the number one reason why the New York Mets got sent home early last year, the number one reason why the New York Mets lost that division to the Atlanta Braves, the number one reason why the Mets are where they are this year and where they are this year is, as we said last week, they're done. You know, they're five games under 500. They're nine and a half games back at the Braves. The number one reason why the Mets are where they are is because of Max Scherzer. He's getting paid $43 bucks. You know this by now. He was... Look, I still stand by the free agent signing. It was not a bad move. Any team would have done the same thing, and the Mets had to do it, more than others. Send the right message that this team is going to be aggressive, that they're trying to win now, that they can land the big fish. They knew that they were getting into a spot that might not pay dividends in year two and year three, but they needed to go out there and go get Max Scherzer, and they did. And I love Max Scherzer's makeup. I love his competitiveness, his mentality, his heart, all of it. Love Max Scherzer. He's finished. It's over. He he was a year ago, and I don't want to hear the injury stuff where they said, oh, you know what, he was hurt against Atlanta. That's why he failed. He was hurt down the stretch. Bull crap. He was not hurt. I'm not buying it. Max Scherzer is toast. He had, think of how many games now we're talking about. Last year against Atlanta. And think of how many of those games could have been difference makers for the Mets. One game in Atlanta makes a difference. One game against the Padres makes a difference. And then again this year, Atlanta last week, a 4-1 lead. And now this week, game one of the Subway Series in 2023, a 5-1 lead. Enough. It's enough with Max Scherzer. And anybody who expects anything different is just not paying attention. You're being a fool. You're being an ignorant fool because you don't want to believe the reality. You know, Max Scherzer should do the right thing and not pick up the option next year. Now, I don't think the Mets are going to care one way or another because Steve Cohen has enough money where he could overcome it, but Max Scherzer has sunk this team. He's the problem. He's not alone. I'll get to the rest of them. But Max Scherzer is the biggest issue. When you look back to last year, Since everything changed in that Atlanta series, he's the one common denominator. And this year, it's been one thing after another. Yeah, well, look, we know Verlander was hurt for the first month. Max was there. He was supposed to carry the team. He did not. The suspension, the poor performance, the talking about the injuries. But when you get a 4-1 lead, when you get a 5-1 lead, and look, blowing a lead to Atlanta is one thing. It's bad enough. And the Mets did it, obviously, three straight games. But blowing a 5-1 lead to 
this Yankees lineup, you know, this is not 1996. This is not 1998 or 1999 or 2000. This Yankee lineup is a joke. It's a joke. You cannot blow a 5-1 lead to this Yankee lineup. But Scherzer did. I don't know what more the Mets can do for him. They gave him a 5-1 lead for the second straight start. He's had a big lead, a 4-1 lead, a 5-1 lead. That game should be over. That's a wrap. Mets win. That's it. 5-1. And he goes out there and gives it right back. To a lineup that can't score, that can't hit right now without Aaron Judge. He gets DJ LeMahieu right. He gets Anthony Volpe right. He gives up a gopher ball to Giancarlo Stanton, who looked lost at the dish prior to that home run where he connected, closed his eyes and, and guessed right and, and hammered one. This is on Max Scherzer. And that's why there's no way out for this team because they made an investment. They gambled on Verlander and Scherzer and they lost. I stand by saying it was the right move. Any team would do it. You had to go out there and pay Max, uh, pay Max Scherzer the big money. And they did. The biggest issue is that they doubled down with that philosophy after last year, seeing it not work. They didn't want to believe that that was the reality. They thought maybe it was a fluke. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe it was just a couple of games. They doubled down on that philosophy, and it's failed them. But Max Scherzer has to be better. And he can stand there and take accountability, and that's fine. But I don't need Max Scherzer to tell me, put the camera in my face, this one's on me. I got to be better. We all got to be better. Yeah, no bleep, Max. We understand that. But how many starts am I going to hear? I've heard from Max Scherzer, him taking accountability, him taking blame, him saying I got to be better. I've heard that more than I've seen him win big games. If he goes out there like DeGrom used to and goes seven scoreless, eight scoreless, allowing a run, whatever it is, and lose, I'm not blaming Max Scherzer. You're blaming the offense. You're blaming other stuff, whatever. You're blaming the bullpen. You get a 4-1 lead and a 5-1 lead, you got to put the game away. And he got hit hard last year in Atlanta. He got hit hard in that wild card game. And he has not been the same. He's had three or four starts, whatever it was, on this recent stretch before the Atlanta series. That gave us hope that Max Scherzer could get back to being some semblance of his former self. Well, whatever hope you might have had has been squashed by the Braves and then the Yankees. That's it. So when anybody says, myself included, oh, well, this team can make the postseason, and I do think that they could make the postseason. I mean, still hard not to, even though the Mets are giving it their best shot. But the reason why they'll never do anything in the postseason is because of Max Scherzer. We forget now. It's very easy to forget what Max Scherzer was before the Mets got him. Very easy to forget because we haven't seen that since he's been a Met. And you saw glimpses of it, especially last year. But we haven't seen the typical Max Scherzer dominance in certainly not the big games, and not for an entire season. You know, last year he was good in spurts, good for the most part, but then he was hurt. And then, like we said, he had some bad starts, specifically the end. And this year has just not been good. And when pitchers get older, sometimes they lose it. Maybe they don't want to admit it. Maybe they're not sure. They're hopeful, too. It's over for Max Scherzer. Now, Francisco Lindor is another guy who's been in the crosshairs. Why? Because he's getting paid a ton of money. Why? Because he's another star who hasn't done his job. The Mets cannot win if their stars do not produce. Scherzer culprit number one. Francisco Lindor is number two. And I don't understand why Francisco Lindor is having a down year. After having a rough year, year one, you could understand that. Bounce back year two. What is his problem now? 
and he's had multiple opportunities to dig himself out of it. He had a golden opportunity. Anything that happened prior to last night's at bat in the eighth inning really is insignificant. He had a chance to do some damage at the very least, tie that game up in the eighth inning with the bases loaded. And a guy who's been a top performer in the Subway Series before, a guy who's been good with the bases loaded throughout his career, he failed miserably striking out in what was not a good-looking at bat on a pitch where you know, Clay Holmes just, you know, here you go, beat me. Didn't want to walk him. Threw him a fastball and door just missed it. Lindor has been a major problem for this Mets team. Not just the one at bat, but that was a bad one. He's been a major problem. He's hitting 213. Need I say more? He's hitting 213. And the other thing that the Mets did for the trifecta, and look, there are plenty of angles from the Yankees' perspective as well. It was not a pretty game by any stretch. You give the Yankees credit for showing some resiliency with a big comeback, the fourth inning, five runs, and able to hold on. Their bullpen is the best in baseball. We've said that. That won them this game. But the Mets also continue to beat themselves. They aren't good enough. Very few are, but the Mets certainly are not. They aren't good enough to beat themselves. And last year... They didn't do anything of the sort. They took advantage of other teams' mistakes. This year, they're making mistakes left and right. And maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a physical thing. Brandon Nimmo inexplicably misplaying a fly ball in center field. A, what should have been an easy play for Nimmo. Already had to come in on the play, but come on. And I, I don't know how that gets scored a double for Anthony Volpe. And this is why I don't take the scoring in these games seriously at all. I've watched baseball my entire life. I know the difference between an error and a double, and that was not a double. It was an error. So enough with, and good for Volpe that we started to put the bat on the ball, hit the ball hard even when he made it out, had an actual double earlier in the game. Thinks he's figured something out with his swing, his stance. Good for him. But that ball's got to be caught. And Nimmo knows it. Everybody knows it. And if any one of the three things that I just mentioned, Max Scherzer doing his job, Francisco Lindor doing his job, or Brandon Nimmo making that catch and the Mets not beating themselves, if any one of those three things happen, you might have seen a different result. But as this year is gone, they didn't happen, and the Mets lose yet again. It is now... Nine losses in their last 10 games. And I don't care if they're one-run games. I don't care if they're games that they've blown a lead in. doesn't matter. They've lost nine of 10 with a pitching staff that's been healthy as far as Verlander and Scherzer go. And with an offense that is struggling from certain guys. You know, you want to throw in Starling Marte too. I know he had a base hit in this game, but still he struck out at the end as well in that eighth inning. Uh, the, the guys the Mets have gotten back, Narvaez hasn't been any good. McNeil actually starting to hit a little bit. But, I mean, overall, they're just not that good. And the fact that they beat themselves, you know, this team right now is not a good baseball team. And they should be embarrassed. Because, as I said last week, after game two of that Brave series, a matter of fact, it might have been even after the the actual sweep. There isn't a team in professional sports that tortures their fan base more than the New York Mets. And that game again last night was a prime example of what I meant when I said that. They are absolute torture to watch. We'll get to the Yankees' perspective uh, on the other side, as well as your calls, 877-337-6666. You know, that's the fun thing about the Subway Series is you get two games in one, essentially. We get to talk about both the Yankees and the Mets' side of things. Obviously, the Mets losing 9 of 10, the bigger story. Max Scherzer being done, Francisco Lindor struggling. These are the bigger stories. Mets beating themselves. You know, the bigger stories then, let's say, Luis Severino 
or, you know, let's say Anthony Volpe or DJ LeMayhew even, and the Yankee bullpen, as we said. And I didn't have a problem with the way Boone handled Severino there. I actually thought, see, I just wish Boone were consistent. That's my issue there, where a lot of Yankee fans, and rightfully so, will bring it up. How could he leave Severino in there when he's a guy who takes everybody out after 80 pitches when they're dominating, whether it's Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt. Boone can't wait to get into that bullpen. Can't wait to get into that bullpen. But yet on a night where Severino clearly didn't have it, the fact that he was actually pitching into the fifth inning is a shock. He's thrown 104 pitches and Boone leaves him in. I did think this was the right move, though. This is how we should manage more often. Let his guys stick it out. And Severino bounced back after the rough start. Boone gave him an opportunity. He didn't get it done. Boone went to the pen. And the rest is history. The Yankees didn't allow anything after that, but Severino, again, throwing batting practice, that's a major concern for the Yankees. 877-337-6666. Your call's on the other side. Going on 5 a.m. I almost just said 3 a.m. I wish. Going on 5 a.m. Look, I've almost been up for 24 hours here. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I did the morning show in my world this morning. And technically, uh, technicalities, it was yesterday morning. Anyway, we're going till 5 a.m. on this now uh, Wednesday? Yeah, on this Wednesday morning, talking Subway Series. Mets lose, Yankees get the win. Tonight, it'll be Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. I wonder how the Mets can disappoint tonight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Yankees beat the Mets 7-6. Game one of the 2023 Subway Series. Atmosphere didn't seem great from where I was sitting uh, watching the game on TV. Gary Cohen referenced it during the broadcast on SNY that, you know, I think he's been to every one of them or at least the majority of them and said he doesn't remember, even though it's a packed house, they're feeling like that lack of, I don't know, uh, energy or atmosphere or whatever. Now, when things were happening, sure, the crowd was passionate into it. And there was some back and forth, which was good. But it didn't feel, there was no, it didn't feel like there was any buzz throughout the game. Now, again, I wasn't there. Maybe it's different if you were there. And let me know, 877-337-6666, if you were, what that was like. But I didn't get that sense that it was the way that, it has been in the past with this rivalry. Maybe it's because of no judge or no Alonzo, or maybe it's because both, te- uh, both teams are nine games back of first place struggling. It was a, you know, it was not the prettiest of games. As we said, I ripped Max Scherzer to start. He's done. Lindor didn't get the job done. Well, really, outside the Yankee bullpen, and I know some of the Yankee offense, like we said before, started to get it going, whether it's LeMahieu uh, with a big home run. And, and that was, to me, the key blow in the game. LeMayu two-run homer, cutting the lead right away, cutting into that lead right away. 
and Scherzer just not able to pick it up from there. You know, Volpe looked pretty good offensively, uh, so the Yankees had some positives there, but really this one was on the bullpen after Luis Severino continues to throw batting practice. I, they got to get him figured out. Severino's been a disaster. ERA almost 7, you know, 6.48 ERA, and this after settling down a little bit. But this is now, what, three starts in a row with Severino's just getting lit up. 877-337-6666. Chris is calling from Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Chris? Um, all right. No, could be better, of course. I mean, I don't think uh, the last time I, I haven't talked to you since we won. We won one game in the last, you know, 20 days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even remember it, uh, honestly. And, you know, getting swept by the Braves. And once they lost that second game to the Braves, to me, they were done. And, you know, they, yeah, they swept the Phillies. That's it. I mean, sweeping the Phillies and then it was the last time they won a series. And then obviously winning that game on Saturday uh, against the Pirates. But outside of that, it's been nothing but L's. I know. Well, this is the, the, the conclusions I, I can come up with, with when it comes to, um, Max and Verlander. Okay. So obviously the, the contract, uh, investment is, is, is a wash. It's not going to work out. Is it is it reasonable to keep putting these guys out there every fifth day, knowing it's a very good chance they're going to give up five plus runs? I mean, it's almost like it's happening daily now. Verlander, Verlander at least gives you one good start and one bad start, but it's only going to come down to where he's going to be pitching like Max. They're just not reliable. Now, well, what are you supposed to do with them? Well, here's the, here's the thing: you either a put them in the bullpen, see it can salvage something out of this. Uh, or B, you're going to have to trade these guys at the deadline and some of the contracts, see if there's going to be a team that's going to take a chance on them and say, well, maybe it's, maybe it's because, you know, there's a pressure in New York, or maybe we can, we can do with some, hey, we don't have to pay these guys. Because you know what? Maybe the Mets have to rebuild. They have no pitching in their farm system. Maybe they can get some decent pitching from some, some team with a prospect. Because it's, Sal, yeah, but nobody, it, nobody's going to take on. Nobody wants these two guys. The Mets paid you know, them the the big the bucks. the money, then it might be a different story. No, I don't even think so. Not with Scherzer. Scherzer's got a, you know, whatever it is, $40 million option next year. That's his option to pick up. He's going to pick it up because nobody would even give him anything close to that, knowing that he's now done. Well, Mets right. are going to be on yeah, the hook. Right, he, right. That's why he should do the right thing. He's got to do the right thing by Steve Cohen and say, you know what? You took a chance on me. I've made enough money. I'm not going to hold this organization hostage for nah, a year even. Yeah, no, I know, but it's the right thing to do. Honestly, it's the right thing to do. He has not earned any of his contract. He's stunk. And I love Max Scherzer. It's not me ripping on him. You know, with Vogelback, he's a waste, and I would rip on him because he's not very good. Max Scherzer deserves the respect of any fan base, but it's sad, but it's a reality. It's over. We've gotten to the point where we're done here. I mean, that's it, and I think he knows it. See, this is the thing I see with Max, and I don't know why he keeps doing it. He keeps hanging the slider. I don't think the slider's any good anymore. It looks – I mean, I know when you look at it from, like, a center field camera, you're always watching uh, on TV the back of the pitcher. So it looks like it's, it's, it's going coming, like, 70-something, 80 miles an hour versus when you're at the game and you see it. But maybe he just needs to stop throwing the slider so much because every time he's given up these home runs, or at least most of the times, it's on the slider. I mean, he's hooking it, and they're just – you can see him. They're holding back. They're waiting on it, and bam, that thing goes. Yeah, I mean, it goes like to the second deck. He's hanging the slider, and thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate you checking in. He's hanging the slider. He said it afterward. Well, it's great that you could acknowledge the problem and recognize it. Well, stop. Why are you throwing them? Look, it's over. I- I'm done. That's it. I-, I was done earlier in the year with Max Scherzer, but I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's. I wrote him off once, and then he came back out there. And showed to be, at least showed signs. I don't want to say showed to be his dominant self. But he showed that he did have that still in him. At least to an extent. To a point where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. How could I ever doubt you, Max Scherzer? I'm not writing you off anymore. After these last two starts, I don't know how anybody can say anything other than he's done. He's done. It's right in front of our face. We're seeing it. You're watching it. I'm not making this up. I'm not wishing it to fruition. It is happening. He can't get anybody out. He can't protect a 5-1 lead against an embarrassing Yankees lineup. And that's not to knock the Yankees. I mean, I think most Yankee fans would admit 
That lineup, according to Yankee standards especially, is embarrassing. 5-1 lead against that against that team. Bowers and LeMayu and IKF, McKinney, Volpe. I mean, come on, these guys aren't hitters. Or at least not yet, in Volpe's case. Jack is calling from the Upper West Side. What's up, Jack? Hey, Sal. You know, I, I have to agree with everything you're saying. Um, you know, um, those Yankee hitters couldn't buy hit until Max gave him like 82 on a tee all night. And, you know, to Max's credit, I kind of feel like he might be one of the only people I can imagine who have so much pride in what they've accomplished that I could imagine him retiring, just saying, you know, I'm not earning my money. And you know, I'm not earning my money been a great run um you know i'm not going to do this to steve i'm not going to do this to the fan I, I i'm i'm letting everybody down and i and i think you see it in the, the way that the team's playing too like like i i think when nimmo's out in center field that you know i i think it, it it just that seeing them give up that lead that lead could have been eight to one uh with a little couple breaks but it sucks the wind out of the air out of everything including the fans we all see it we all feel it um, the stadium is probably 50-50 anyway. Severino stunk too, so the Yankee fans didn't exactly have anything to get to be all you know confident about. Right, so but then they I, came I don't back. know. Once, once they put up that five spot, the Yankee fans came to life. And look, it's forget about even the atmosphere of the back and forth with the fans, Jack. If you watch the team, the Yankees did not play a great game. Obviously, Severino no. wasn't very good, but the Yankees did come back offensively. The Yankees did have the better bullpen. The Mets they beat themselves. Yeah, the, the Mets beat themselves. Francisco Lindor had opportunities. Not an opportunity. Opportunities, plural, did not get the job done. And Max Scherzer blew a 5-1 lead. For me, it's very simple. Just for You could even forget the Nimmo error. You could forget the Lindor stuff. Focus on a 5-1 lead. Off of the Mets blowing three straight three-run leads last week in Atlanta. You can't do that. Not uh, Even the bad baseball teams shouldn't be doing that. You get a 4-1 lead in a baseball game, figure out a way to close the damn thing out. You get what, a 5-1 lead with your ace on the mound, you got to figure out a way to close that out. And Max Scherzer couldn't do it, and therefore he's done, in my eyes. Yeah, yeah the bad teams blow, blow those leads all the time. And, and we've seen the stat on when we have had six or seven innings, uh, what, what our record's been. So, um, you know, I, interestingly, you know, it's pretty much all the veterans um, – you know, who were, I mean, Marte was over for three. Fam had a terrible night. Um, so, you know, three for 15, you can't win like that either. One thing, and I, and, and Fleek's kind of talked me out of it, but I, I, I feel that I've always said Buck isn't the problem, but Buck has been part of the problem. And like, I thought we, are, you know, our last chance in this game was when we, you know, we get the surprise knock from Guillaume to tie the game. Honestly, you could say, okay, there's no one to go to. But I immediately was surprised. I thought putting a guy, you know, who's been in the league for five minutes, I thought we had to have a zero that inning. And I didn't like seeing Walker. Nimmo made the error in my mind. But the kid was wild coming out. Um, you know, couldn't throw strikes in the beginning. Threw a wild pitch to put it. Immediately put a runner in scoring position. So I just thought the Yankees had Marinaccio when they needed to put it a fire. We were with a guy who's a 28-year-old rookie. Yeah, but I, I don't mind Walker. Uh, Walker's looked pretty good, even in the limited times. Got a good arm. Him here. It, it, it's all it's right, exactly. It's on. That's on Nimmo. I mean, he's got to make the play. He got an out there. I mean, that's the run doesn't score if Brandon Nimmo makes that play. So I'm not going to blame Walker or that Buck for that. Outs, that would have been two outs. No, no, no I, I know, but the way that it – you could say that it would have changed or whatever, but the way that it played out, I'm not put it this way. I'm not getting on him. You got to have the defense make that play behind him. And thank you for the call, Jack. The you know the it would have been the third out, been that fly ball to right field is what I was talking about, and the run would not have scored. But anyway, it, it's that's on the defense. Yeah, I'm not blaming Walker on this game. And if anything, you're not blaming Buck. Anybody who's blaming Buck for the Mets struggles is an is an absolute moron. You're an idiot if you think Buck Showalter is to blame here. And I'd love to see somebody, hey, the same people that criticize Billy Epler now, and for the record, I'm not saying Billy Epler is great at his job. I'm not saying he's bad at his job. What I'm saying is I think we need time to evaluate him. He's made some bad moves. There's no question about that. He's also done some good things coming off a 101-win season. But is there anybody 
specifically the people who criticize Billy Epler now, and there are a lot of them, is there anybody who said that Max Scherzer was a bad signing? Is there anybody who said Justin Verlander was a bad signing? You wouldn't do that? You wouldn't have made those signings? You don't know. You didn't think Max Scherzer, son of Max Scherzer, was the right move for the Mets? Come on. It's idiotic. And that's the biggest reason why the Mets are where they are. It's the biggest reason why the Mets didn't win last year. If Max Scherzer was pitching like pinnacle Max Scherzer or peak Max Scherzer at the top of his career, the Mets would have won the division last year. And they would have won the first round series last year. Well, they would have won the division, so they wouldn't have played the Padres. But you get the point. Max is a shell of his former self. And that is their biggest issue. And that's not on Buck, and it's not even on Billy Epler. That's on Max. Mets took a gamble that they kind of had to take that most teams in their spot would take, if not all. And it didn't work out their way. Shocker, right? Something didn't go the Mets' way. Chris is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Sal, I'm still in Los Angeles. This is such a disgrace, this game. I went and got a cheeseburger at 11.30 at night, and I shouldn't be doing that. That's how disgusted I was, man. In and out? In and out burger. Mm, sounds good. Yeah, no, it was good, but I, I should not be doing that. And that, I, I, I got to tell you, Scherzer. I mean, basically, if you look at that line score, you would have thought McGill started this game. That's what we have. We have an ace who's supposed to be a big game pitcher who's putting up a line score like McGill or Peterson could put up. I mean, that's just horrible. And with the day off before, by the way, the whole Mets team, they were off the day before. I mean, you talk about just not stepping up. No, I don't know. I'm just, I just, no words. They're man. soft. <laughs> this team is, this team is soft. They overthink things. They're yeah. tight under pressure. They can't handle the pressure of playing in this city in front of that fan base. They can't do it. Now, that's not Scherzer's problem. That's the team, whether it's Nimmo, yeah. whether it's Lindor, whether it's McNeil. These guys have proven to be tight and that they can't handle the pressure of New York. Max Scherzer can handle the pressure. He's just done. He just doesn't yeah. have it anymore. So what are you supposed to do? I mean, the Mets made this move. They went out there and got him and thought they'd get at least a year, maybe two years out of him. They didn't. I mean, they didn't get it. That's it. It's over. Done. And Sal, you're right. And, and to second guess that move now, it, it didn't work. But, you know, Sal, you know what this also magnified for me? And you, you've been touching on it a little bit. But, like, nothing is guaranteed year to year in this game, man. And this is why last year, and I know it's hindsight now, but we, a lot of us said at the time, when you're in a position to, to really, really make your mark and we go all the way, if you don't really aggressively make those trades, look what you got, right? If you have asset, which they did, sorry, if you do that, then, then look what happens. You go, oh, next year we're going to have sustained success. You never know what you're going to get from year to year especially with the Mets. You know, it's yeah. one thing if you've established sustained success and you figure more often than not we'll be back in this similar spot again next year or in two years or whatever. The Mets didn't establish anything, and they did, and we all said at the time, they missed a golden opportunity. Look, see, the Mets can't get out of their own way as an organization anyway. They had Jacob deGrom... Yeah. Peak performance, pitching, uh, you know, the best pitcher in baseball by far, one of the best pitchers in the history of the sport for, you know, that two, three year period, whatever it was, and they, they don't have him anywhere near the postseason. That's just a failure of an organization and bad timing. Now they actually get to the postseason. You could go last year, they get to the postseason, and DeGrom's not himself, and Max Scherzer isn't himself, and they don't go all in at the deadline for whatever reason, a, a variety of of reasons. But now you look at this team and it doesn't seem like they're going to go to the postseason. And their whole plan anyway was to be built for the postseason with Scherzer and Verlander. And those guys aren't what they you thought they were going to be. So it doesn't matter. They're done. Yeah. Now you're right. And look, I mean, who knows if they it would have made, if they, instead of getting Gibbons and Vogel back, they would have made some more aggressive trades. Who knows? But they didn't. And now we're in this situation. And man, it's just, it's just, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long season. It is going to be, and thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate you checking in. I understand the stress eating. I am victim to that myself. Many a nights, I I had late Taco Bell, late night Taco Bell to 
drown my sorrows away for the delicious soft shell supreme or crunchy supreme i'm i uh i like the variety so i usually go you know two or three crunchy two or three soft throw in a cheesy gordita crunch now i wouldn't be opposed to in and out burger and you're right shouldn't be thinking about food at this hour or late night even on the west coast where it's a little bit earlier obviously but i understand drowning away your sorrows in some good old-fashioned, greasy, grimy fast food. Ken is calling from Queens. Ken? Oh, I only love crunchy, Sal. Crunchy, you oh, only do it to me. All right. I'm fine with that. The only problem I have with the All crunchy right. is that sometimes it breaks up before you actually get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's true. All right, Sal, we got ninety about 95 games to go, okay? If I was to tell you the Mets are going to win 50 out of those 95 games, then that would be five games over 500. That would bring them to 81 wins for the whole season, right? Mm-hmm. Not good enough to make the playoffs, right? Probably now, can not. You see this? Can you see this team even winning 50 out of the last, 95 games with their tough schedule and the way things have been going. And you're right. No, it's not about the schedule. It's Mm -hmm. about the way things have been going. People keep referencing Mm -hmm. the schedule, and I've heard about that too. You're not the only one, Ken, so I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying in general. People keep referencing Uh the schedule. What difference does the schedule make when we're talking about a Mets team that has lost series to the Nationals, to the Tigers, to the Rockies, to Mm -hmm. the Reds, to the Cubs, (laughs) to the Windows, to the Wall? Like they're losing all these series. No, you like that song? You little John guy? Uh, anyway, they've lost all these series. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They might lose their AAA Syracuse team if they played. Who the heck knows? But Sal, Maybe. Just, just like you said, Shirts has been a disappointment. Look, Verlander already has three losses this year. It was 18-4 and four last year. What's the odds he gets out of the first inning tomorrow night without giving up any runs? Give me some odds on that, Sal. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get out of the first inning or, or not, Ken, and thank you for the call. But uh, I think the odds of him getting out of the third or, let's say, fifth inning are slim. Although, I got to tell you, see, right now, this was, and, and I felt this way for a while, but this was the definitive nail in the coffin for me with Max Scherzer. I love him. I said earlier, I love everything about him, his competitiveness, his transparency, his fiery nature, all of it. I love Max Scherzer. Beast. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And even more unfortunately, it's coming to an end with the Mets. Scherzer's done. That's it. With Verlander... I still feel a part of me, even though I've seen him get beat up here. I've also seen the dominant Verlander at times this year. I still don't know. I'm not ready to call him done just yet. It was awful last time out, unacceptable last time out. I'm not ready to say he's done just yet. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Taking your calls till 5 a.m. Subway Series. Yankees get the best of the Mets yet again. And it's not about the bragging rights. It's not about the result of just tonight's game. Everybody knows, whether you're a Mets fan or a Yankee fan, you may not want to admit it, but you all know the reality. The Yankees are... so far beyond the Mets, it's not even close. And the Mets under Steve Cohen are going to strive for greatness and try to get to that level that the Yankees have been at for many, many, many years. But they're not there yet. Nowhere near there yet. And they are clearly the superior team. The Mets are inferior in every way, shape, or form. It's been like that for a while. It's going to continue to be like that until proven otherwise. 
So it's not just about that. And you could reference 2000 if you want, where that was the nail in the coffin. That was the one shot the Mets had, you know, their get-out-of-jail-free card to make things even in one swoop. And they lost in that World Series. Yankees have been dominating this Subway Series regular season rivalry. You know, obviously, as you said, the postseason in 2000, since it's been here in 1997. The only thing the Mets will have is that first one. That's it. Outside of that, uh, you know, a few series wins here or there, but ultimately, the Yankees are the premier team. So it's not about, you know, Yankees versus the Mets and bragging rights and all that. It's about a bigger issue with this Mets team. And the fact that they are building or have built this team the wrong way under a flawed philosophy, investing in pitching, older pitching to boot, and it hasn't worked out for them. That's the problem. Jesse is calling from Queens. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Sal. What's up? How's everything? Uh, hey, I don't know. Man, Jesse, how are you? I'm okay. Uh, didn't enjoy the game, but what are you gonna do? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's the answer for the, for these Mets. I don't. I, I think they're they're really they have a lot of work to do. I think they're really they're probably years from from being a real contender because they have a lot of issues. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where to start. We're stuck with Lindor for what another nine, eight years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is hard. That's horrible. And you can't even you can't even get out of that. I don't think it, there's no way they can. Get rid of them down the road. I don't think any any team would take them. Agreed. No, he's here to stay. The Mets' biggest problems are here. Scherzer's going to be here. Verlander's going to be here. Lindor is going to be here a long time. I don't know. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable how this team was constructed. They went with the older pitching, and it's just blown up in their face. And they just they need a whole new, you know, team. Uh, outlook on how to how to build a roster and all that because whatever they did is not working so it might entail maybe you know they're saying that david stearns is going to come in the off season it might entail somebody else coming in and well they need a president they they need a president of baseball operations and maybe if let's say it's stearns and i would assume that it's going to be because the mets will hire a president of baseball operations and it's been widely rumored for a while now that Stearns would, in fact, be the guy. And maybe he could clean things up. Maybe he'll help uh, you know, work together with Billy Epler, I'm sure, at least in the time being. But you know, th- th- that's not going to solve everything immediately anyway, even if they do have a new vision and a new president. It's, it's not like Steve Cohen is going to fire Billy Epler or Buck Showalter. At least I don't think that that's going to be the case even after the offseason or after this season going on in the offseason. But, look, there's not much they can do. They made the investments in these guys. These guys aren't getting it done, whether it's Scherzer, Verlander, or Lindor. And that's why the Mets are done. Those guys aren't getting it done. What do you think about the pitching coach? you think he has any uh, culpability in this right now? No. No, I don't. Yeah, you're going to blame Jeremy Hefner on Max Scherzer. And thanks for the call, Jesse. Going to blame um, Jeremy Hefner on Max Scherzer falling off the cliff? I can't do that. It's not the pitching coach's fault. It's not the hitting coach's fault. It's not Buck's fault. And people want to get on Buck. I just, I I don't understand fans. It just shows you fans are never happy and they're always going to second guess moves. I can understand you not being happy. No Mets fan should be happy at the current time. But to rip Buck Showalter for not pinch hitting. Daniel Vogelback or Mark Vientos for Luis Guillorme in the end. And, and people were asking about it. Hey, did you give any thought to, uh, you know, why didn't you pinch hit for Guillorme if you needed some power? And Buck basically said, who are you referring to? Like, who would I have pinch hit with? Well, you know, Vientos and Vogelback. And he gave you the look. Buck did like, those two guys? You think I want to use those two guys? Neither of them are any good. I trust Guillorme. And I got to be honest with you. I trust Guillorme more... Uh, along with Buck, I trust him more than I do with Vogelback and Vientos as well. The writer specifically said, well, Vientos, and Buck said, not against King. Under his breath, probably said, you bleeping moron. Not against King. Well, what about Vogelback? Maybe he could run into one. 
And the response should have been, what? Vogelback run into one? He hasn't run into anything. And he hasn't hit a home run. He's got no power. Why am I going to go with Daniel Vogelback? Buck has shown you here. Matter of fact, since I sent out a tweet a week ago, I think it was after the first Braves game, I said, look, I've been Buck's biggest supporter prior to him even getting hired here. If he doesn't start Alvarez in that lineup every day, he's lost. Since then, I believe Alvarez has been in the lineup every day, either catching or DH, and that's what it should be, at the bare minimum, which means Vogelback has had his rear end stuck to the bench, which is a good thing for the Mets, but it's also showing you that, look, Buck is not stupid. Matter of fact, he's the smartest baseball man the Mets have in their organization. That's how much I believe in Buck, and I'd love to see somebody dispute me on that. Go ahead, find it. Dispute me, go find it. I dare you, find somebody. Nobody knows more about Buck in the entire organization, about baseball than Buck in the entire organization. Find somebody. And you thought he was playing Daniel Vogel back because he liked him. Where he's never liked Daniel Vogelback. Do you know why? Because he's smart enough to understand that Daniel Vogelback is not good at baseball. He does nothing. But Buck wasn't going to publicly bash him until, of course, Buck starts getting the one, you know, he's the one who's getting the ridicule of having Vogelback in the lineup. So what does he do? I can't take it anymore. I'm going to bench him. And he's never liked Vientos. That's been obvious since day one. And he's right again. Bob is calling from Bayside. What's up, Bob? South. I told you. Where last... have you been? Would you you lose our number? Where have you been? No, nah, I lost it for a while. <laughs> Why? South, I told I told you last year. You're taking a crapshoot with two forty year olds. Eventually, the cliff the cliff comes. And and by the way, uh, Scherzer two years ago had a dead arm in September. Last year. In the Yankees sweep, he didn't pitch well. In the Braves sweep, he didn't pitch well. He didn't pitch well in the playoffs. And by the way, look it up. Verlander did not have a good playoffs, even though the Astros won the World Series. You're taking a crapshoot when you're going with two 40-year-olds. Yeah, but who? what were the other options? I mean, no, there's not a person alive, a team alive, that wouldn't have signed those guys if they could afford to do so. And that's why I say sometimes having the most money could be a curse as well because if you were restricted like the Yankees to a certain extent, like the Rays, whoever it may be, you're not going to be able to go out there and sign these guys. But I guarantee you that any team that could have afforded Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander would have one out there and signed them to the deals that the Mets did, or at least something comparable to that. But the Mets went all in on Scherzer and Verlander, and obviously it didn't work yeah. out for them. So, They're yeah, was spending $85 million on two 40-year-olds. All That's right, a- but what were the alternatives? Should they have spent on DeGrom? No, no, because DeGrom Okay, what about, that- what about Carlos Rodon? Well, he gets injured all the time too. Just okay, like right. So, so what were the? That's what I'm saying. What's the alternative? You got to get somebody to pitch. You're going to spend money. So why not do it on guys who got the great track record and roll the dice and take that gamble with known commodities? If you're going to gamble, why not do it with two guys who have proven track records more so than anybody? But maybe in the history of the game, when you're talking about these two, how good they've been. Sal, but not every, but not these guys are not Nolan Ryan who pitches till he's 45 years old. I understand that, but they're not they're not both 40. Verlander uh, just turned 40 this year. You know, and Scherzer, 38, 39. You know, this is going back to last year, too, but it happens. Again, Bob, I'll ask you. You didn't want Scherzer, fine. Who's pitching? What's your alternative? Who are you signing? I don't know who else, but I know one thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't push my chips for $85 million on two 40-year-olds. Okay, so so let's say you're the Yankees and you push your chips for $160 million or whatever it is on Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon's a very good pitcher when he's healthy. They didn't, they didn't no. know he would break down right now. Well, what do you mean they didn't know he'd break He's always hurt. What do you mean they didn't know he'd break down? So you're telling me the Yankees get the benefit of the doubt saying they didn't know Rodon, a guy who's always injured, they didn't know he would break down. But the Mets, going off of a track record of Verlander and Scherzer, they should have known that those guys weren't going to be any good. Yeah, the Yankees gambled, and, and by the way, 
uh, Scherzer and and uh, and Verlander are forty years old. Rodon's not forty years old. They're yeah, taking a gamble. Yeah. So so why is Rodon not pitching then? He's not forty. Know, why is he not Sal. pitching? Sal, I don't know. No, you all do I know, know one. I, I wouldn't push push all my chips in the middle of the table on two forty year olds. And I well, told then you what that would last, you do? I Just told sit you that out? last year. Not, do you want to sit at the table or not? I mean, if you to to be able to push your chips in, you need to sit at the table. For the Mets to have a seat at the table, they had to go get Max Scherzer. He's not All right, forty. Sal, maybe you're right. I don't know. Well, oh no, I am right. Not maybe. And thank you for the call, Bob. Good to hear from you. You get back to us. Not maybe. I am. Just say it. Sal, you're right. Thank you. Glad we could come to that agreement finally. You keep saying two 40-year-olds. Max Scherzer was 37 a year ago. Excuse me, 30. Yeah, he was 37 and turned eight, uh, 38 in July. This year, he's going to turn 39 in July. So he's not even 40 yet. Verlander just turned 40. There's no way you could say that the Mets could have predicted this. Now, you could have been aware that this was a possibility but they took an educated guess and a gamble that Max Scherzer had at least one, maybe two years, and figured that third year, look, that third year would be a wash. If you got the dominant first two years out of that, you'd take it and not worry about the third year. Unfortunately, they didn't get a full first year. And they certainly haven't gotten the second year. And when you throw that combined with Verlander, who, by the way, would still be... Let me. I should have asked him this. What would you rather have this year? Forget about Scherzer last year. What would you rather have this year? Verlander, Rodon, DeGrom. I mean, unless, of course, you thought Nate Evaldi was going to be better than any of those three. I mean, come on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 